Madam President. Senator from Montana. Thank you, Madam President. I'm going to read a statement, and then I'm going to go back through the information that I used to make the decision to be able to write this statement. Montana sent me to the U.S. Senate to hold government accountable. I fought to allow this trial to include documents and testimony from witnesses with firsthand knowledge and allegations against the President, regardless of whether they were incriminating or exculpatory, so that the Senate could make its decision based on the best information available. Unfortunately, my Republican colleagues and the administration blocked this information, robbing the American people, the American people of their legitimate right to hold their elected officials accountable. Based on the evidence that was available to me at this trial, I believe President Trump abused his power by withholding military aid from an ally for personal political gain, and that he obstructed legitimate oversight by a co-equal branch of government. It is a sad day for this country and for all Americans who believe that no one, not even the President of the United States, is above the law. So how did I get to this point? Well, just a little over two weeks ago, we came into this chamber and we started hearing testimony. That testimony resulted in these two notebooks full of notes. Because quite frankly, the House managers laid out a compelling case. The defense made their arguments, but the, say, the, the, the case of the House was incredibly compelling. And impeachment is a solemn time. It's not something we should be taking without, without the deepest and most serious consideration. I compare it to a vote to send our people to war. But in this particular case, there was very little transparency and none, if the President would have had it his way, of information coming to this body during this trial. This, in fact, is the shortest impeachment trial of a President ever. And if we're going to have information to good, make good decisions, and I've always said if you have good information, you can make good decisions, the President really needed to open up and cooperate just a little bit. This is the first time ever We've had a trial with no witnesses and no documents, a trial in the Senate, no information from the executive branch. And, and I get it. I get executive privilege, and I think there are times when executive privilege has got to be used because the information is sensitive. But I've got to tell you, the Williams letter is a prime example. I went down to the skiff. I read it. I've got to tell you something, if there's something in there that needs to be classified, you've got me. The information in that letter was information that I knew before I went in this gift. And it's the same with many of the emails, if not all of the emails, that the President has requested to be classified and kept away from this body and kept away from the press. And that's not the way this democracy should work. It should be open. If things are done, the people should be allowed to know. Now, there are moments in time when documents have to be classified on sensitive information. But I am here to tell you I've seen none of that. And I think many of the FOIA requests that have been brought forth shows heavily redacted email messages, and when we find out what's really in them, there was no need for that redaction. So when it comes to 
The obstruction of Congress, the Article II impeachment, I don't think there's any doubt that the President obstructed our ability, the Senate of the United States, to do its job as a co-equal branch to make sure that the executive branch is being honest and forthright. Now let's talk about the abuse of power. There's a lot of information that was brought forth during this, this trial about what the President did. It's been stated many times on this floor over the last nearly three weeks. The fact the matter, the fact the matter is there is little doubt that the President withheld aid to an ally for the purpose of creating a position where they had to do an investigation if they were going to get that money or at least announce that investigation on a United States citizen who happened to be a political foe to corrupt our next election. There's no doubt about that. Many of the folks who are not going to vote for impeachment have already said that the President has wrongdoing, but it's not an impeachable offense. And I am here to tell you, if anybody in this country, especially the President of the United States, corrupts an election, and that's not an impeachable offense for the President of the United States, I don't know what is. Fair elections are a foundational issue for this country. And to corrupt our elections is something that we need to hold people accountable of if they've done it. And I will tell you that the prosecution proved that point beyond the shadow of a doubt. I would also say that if you take a look at the episodes that happened before we got to this point that have actually nothing to do with the impeachment, but it does have something to do with the point that the defense said about folks have been calling for impeachment since this president got in office. I offer you this. Freedom of speech is something that is very important to this country. And I can tell you that when the president first got into office and he got in a fight with the prime minister of Australia and the prime minister of Sweden and got in a fight with the prime minister of the best friend the United States has in Canada, I was critical of the president. When the president pushed back on NATO, it embraced every dictator in the world from Putin to Erdogan to Xi to Kim Jong-un. Yes, I was critical of the president. When the president pulled troops out of northern Syria and left our allies, the Kurd, on the field alone, I was critical of the president. And when the president did his trade wars that put American farmers, family farmers, and Main Street businesses at risk of closure, I was critical of the president. And we should be. That had nothing to do with the impeachment, but it absolutely has everything to do with our freedom of speech. And today, tomorrow I should say, we're going to vote on whether to convict or acquit the president on taking taxpayer dollars and withholding it to an ally who's at war with an adversary for his own personal and political good. And we're going to vote on whether to convict the president of withholding information from the entire executive branch and the only ones that testified were those patriotic Americans that defied his order. And we're going to vote whether he obstructed Congress. This is a no-brainer. 
he absolutely, unequivocally is guilty of both Article 1 and Article 2 of the impeachment. So the question is this. If it goes as predicted tomorrow and the president gets acquitted, where do we go from here? I am very concerned about where we go from here. Because the next president will use this precedence to not give any information to a co-equal branch of government when we question them. The next president will use this as, geez, if it's good for me in my election, it's good for the country, as Dershowitz said. So Katie bar the door. And as Chairman Schiff said yesterday, if you think this president's going to stop doing these actions, you're living on a different planet than I'm living on. This will empower him to do anything he wants. And at some point in time, if we want to listen to what the framers said, at some point in time, we're going to have to do our constitutional duty. It doesn't appear we're going to do it this time. I yield the floor.